You're listening to The Zealous Podcast. I'm Rocky Snyder. This week, James Castrello. He is the head body coach at TB12. That is Tom Brady, NFL quarterback. Some may call the greatest of all time. Well, this is the GOATS training facility. He's got one in Foxborough, Massachusetts, Boston, Florida, and soon to be New York. We're going to talk to the head body coach and find out what is it all about, this TB12 method. So you've been with TB12 since 2014? 14, yeah. We actually, how did that get started? I, I'd love to know how you landed that gig. It's actually a pretty funny story. I was just having this conversation. We were, uh, uh, I was in an interview right before, uh, before I hopped on here, and, and we were having this conversation. So TB12 originally started in August of 2013, right? That's when they kind of opened their doors, um, and it was a small group of Alex and two other body coaches, um, but you know, they, they didn't do any marketing. There was no marketing that was being done. So all of the clients that they were seeing were all, you know, Patriot players or referrals, word of mouth referrals. Um, and, and, and this guy, his name's Dave Merson. Uh, he's a body coach still works here with me today. Dave, uh, and I were working together at MIT at, in Cambridge, right? Um, I was a full-time staff athletic trainer there and Dave helped us out with per diem because I don't know if you know this about MIT, most people don't, but it's the largest D3 athletic program in the country. Hold on. No, I, I never knew that. Actually, I've got yeah. a client here who's practically a rocket scientist who went to MIT and I'm asking about like the, the different, do you ever do any sports? And he says, no, you know, MIT is not known for their athletics. So, but you're, you're saying that's just the opposite. That is the, well, listen, so they play in the new Mac, which is, if you're familiar with the conferences, D3 in, um, in Massachusetts, it's a really competitive conference. Babson is in it. Springfield college is in it. It's a, it's a pretty competitive conference. Um, and MIT has some sports that are really competitive. Like their football team has gone undefeated a, a few times. Their track and field and cross country programs are, always at the top of the D3, like competing for national championships and whatnot. So Amazing. Um, I would certainly say there are, are, are other teams that are, are less competitive in, in the D, what you would think, quote unquote, D3. And this is actually a funny story too. They have this beautiful hockey rink and they don't have a hockey program. <laughs> it's right in the Z center, this beautiful, beautiful rink. And they don't, you know what they utilize it for? They utilize it for like their robot competitions. Their <laughs> robot competitions. Yeah. That sounds more like it. That yeah. totally sounds more like but, it. But um, they, they have something like 33 athletic programs, varsity athletic programs, not including um, their club programs and their intramural programs. So they have, they have, you know, they have sailing, they have rifle, they have fencing, they have all these programs that aren't, you know, quote unquote, traditional program. So that's what makes them so large. But because they're so large, they need, um, they, they have a large staff to kind of support that, that athletic population. So what we would do is we would hire individual athletic trainers that just would help us out on daily, on a daily basis. Gotcha. Like a guy come in on Friday to help us and different guy. Dave was our Friday guy, right? So that's how I kind of knew him. And if you know anything about my Dave, my guy, Dave Merson, now he is he is one of the best clinicians I've worked with. Um, he's really big uh, in the United States figure skating community. Um, he's a, a PT and an AT as well. But Dave's a creature of habit, man, right? Like Dave ate the same thing for lunch every day he came into MIT. He showed up at the same time every day, right? Like he's a creature of habit. So when he, oh, and another thing about Dave, Dave was working for the Revs. He was working for the Revs for like 20 years. He still works for them. He started out as like a volunteer, you know, equipment kid. And like now he, he, he does a lot of their game management operation stuff. But Dave was working for the Revs one day, walking around Patriot Place, saw TB12, stumbled upon it, had a conversation with Alex. Alex, you know, basically offered him a job. Um, and, and Dave is, is talking to me about this situation at MIT. And in my head, I'm thinking there's no shot. Like there's no way Dave's taking this job. Like he's a creature of habit. He comes in one day, surprises me and tells me that he did take the job. I was totally blown away about a month later. He comes to me and says, Hey, you know, AG's really looking to expand. We, you know, we're growing. We need another body coach. Are you interested? And my initial reaction, I told him, no, I go, no, man, I had never heard of TB12 before. I had never heard of Alex Guerrero before. 
I mean, hmm. obviously, you know who Tom Brady is, but I, had, I, I, you know, I had never heard of his lifestyle brand. And I was very comfortable at MIT and I, and I loved it. I love the people I worked with. And more importantly, I really love the kids that were there. They're, they, they have a great group of, of kids that go to MIT, very, very gracious and, and grateful, respectful, just a, a, a great group there. So I told him no at first. And then he called me back a week later and he's like, but I really think you should come out and check this out. And in my head, I'm like, you know, worst case scenario, I, I, you know, I go out and meet this guy. I don't like it. And I, I, I pass on it. I came out and met him, uh, interviewed with him. You know, he offered me the job. He, he asked me to, to sit on it and wait. It was July 4th weekend. I waited till the end of the weekend and then accepted. I started July 14th, uh, 2014. Yeah. So wow. that's the story of, of, how, how, of how it all happened. But yeah, I had never heard of TB12 before, ever. Yeah. And of course, well, uh, with, with Tom's book coming out and that exploded on the scene, of course, just with his longevity and, uh, and, and the more the media exposes what he's been doing, uh, it just lends more credibility to your approach, which is what? What is the approach for TB12? Like, it, it actually, to be honest, it goes very parallel with what we do in our facility from what I've read. And, uh, and, and I think it's, it's quite compatible. But for the listening audience, yeah, first of all, you have a, a title of body coach. So that's more than just a personal trainer. So your role's there. And then the approach of TB12 without you know giving away your trade secrets or whatever. Yeah, well, I'll start with the body coach. So, so obviously with Tom and Alex's relationship, this, th everything that we do at TB12, we try to mirror the relationship that Tom and Alex has, right? Because it has been so successful for them. Um, and Alex works with Tom on his, on his, on his tissue pliability, on his functional strength and conditioning, on his nutrition, on his hydration, all of those things that we'll get into when we talk about the, the, the TB12 method and the approach, but it's so much more than, you know, one thing or another in the same way that Tom's coaches in football work on every aspect of his football game. Alex works on every aspect of his body. We look at it as a spiritual wellness, uh, a, a physical wellness, an emotional wellness. So that's why Alex, uh, you know, uh, titled it body coach, because we wanted to get a step outside of your generic physical therapist, your generic athletic trainer, your generic strength and conditioning coach that focused, you know, on, on one, two, or, 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 most, most of them just want to, but maybe one, two or three of, of, of those very specific um, dimensions of, of wellness, right? So that's, that's where the whole body coach um, component kind of came to. And, 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 and I can sit here and tell you that based off of my own, my own experiences, I've never, I've never really had the interactions with clients or patients the way I've had here at TB12. And I think a part of that is kind of the way we set it up. Um, where it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's individualized, it's, it's, it's me and my client for a block of time. Everywhere else I used to work, I was responsible for, I mean, when I was at MIT, I was responsible for, you know, men's soccer, uh, women's basketball, fencing, uh, uh, women's lacrosse, like I had all these teams I was responsible for. So, you know, though Johnny might need an hour of my time, unfortunately, I've got 15 Johnnies standing behind him. And sorry, Johnny, you only get five minutes of my time because yeah. now I have to delegate, do this, do that, do this, right? You're trying to do the best you can, but you're limited in what you can provide. So um, I think the one-on-one -on -one really kind of puts you in a position where you can dive into all of those extra things, right? You can, you can really develop that, that relationship with your clients, the spiritual part, the emotional part, the mental part. I tell, you know, my staff here all the time that it's, it's, I am by far the best body coach that we have at TV 12. And, and I'll be the first to tell you this. We've got some very skilled body coaches here at, at in our company. Um, but my clients love me and my clients will work with me for the rest of their lives because of the relationship that we've developed. That is, that is genuine. And, 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 and I think it transcends just their, physical well-being it's it's more than that it's their emotional well-being it's their it's their success in life their su success in sports so 
So, so again, trying to implement, um, you know, what Tom, Tom and Alex have really kind of blazed the trail for us to, to, to see those dudes are really best friends, bro. Like that's not like they're best friends. Like, um, and it started as a business relationship. So, so, th so that's where the whole body coach thing came from to touch on your other point. What is TB 12's approach? Well, you know, TB 12's approach is, is we take a, a holistic approach to, um, overall wellness, overall wellness. And, and, and kind of how that's bro broken up is into what we've described as the TB12 method, right? And the TB12 method is the method that Tom and Alex have, have cultivated for the, you know, the 20 years that they've been working together. Alex was doing this, you know, his whole life started out in, in on the West coast and, you know, um, you know, kind of with his California roots met, uh, Willie McGinnis, I think it was through like the USC connection or something like that. Willie then introduced him to Tom and the, and the, and the rest is history. And, um, you know, but, but, but the method and, and I, I, by, by no means do I, am I secretive about this because I, the more people can know about TB 12, the more it makes sense to them, right? Like we're not, we're, it's not rocket science. We're not reinventing the wheel. What we're doing is we're taking some very basic philosophies in healthcare and wellness, putting them all together and showing you how to execute those. Um, and, and that's what makes us so successful. But all of that stuff is centered around, and I'm sure you guys have heard this word, uh, Rocky, pliability. Yeah. Tissue pliability, right? So, um, you know, it's funny, I, I hadn't had heard that word before starting at TB12 and everybody's like, well, you know, what is pliability? Is that, you know, tissue, is that mobility? Is that flexibility? And, and I'd say the, the short answer to that question is no, those, the, those are all very separate entities where- Resiliency maybe. Right, and that's a part of it. That's great. Cause that's, I don't know, have you uh, been reading our TB12 book? Is that where you got that? that um, yeah, you know, I, I, I got to say, I don't have a copy near me because I loaned it out to somebody and I forget who it was and they haven't brought it back yet. But, <laughs> but that's the way it goes on our resource shelf here in the center. But yeah, uh, yeah it goes along with, again, the things that we see. I think uh, with pliability, you, you, we're talking about elastic properties, recovery properties, the ability to take impact and, and absorb, but also in a moment's notice to to contract and brace so that that force gets generated elsewhere. You know, am I, am I on the right track? You're, you're, you're right there, bud. You are right there. We define it as a muscle's ab ability to be long, resilient, right? And absorb repetitive load without, without issue or better yet to be efficient, long, resilient and efficient, right? So, so, and, and, and what that, we're not talking about, um, uh, you know, the, the, the muscles ability to fully contract and fully relax, or what we're talking about is, is, is the collective it's, it's the muscles ability to, to limit muscle adhesions from forming. We're talking about increased O2 saturation of the muscle. We're talking about the muscles ability to be as long as it can be and, and as short as it can be. But most importantly, it's ability to take on load through that full range of motion repetitively without issue. And, and, and that's where we see the, 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 the kind of the gap there is, is you, you see all these, these um, soft tissue injuries. And, and what are those due? Those are due to overload. Right? Well, and, and also, if we look at the spectrum between a neutral resting muscle that's neither lengthening or shortening, and we have eccentric and concentric, the majority of strength training traditionally has been to take it from neutral into the concentric spectrum and then lengthen it back to neutral. But never do they really delve into the eccentric loading. And if you look at human movement, you'll find that the majority it occurs in that spectrum that they're not applying any attention to. So as soon as we start to eccentrically load the tissue, then magic really begins to happen. Right. I'm, and that's the thing where what you're doing there, what we're doing here is very similar. As yeah. far as I know, I haven't visited really in depth into your facility, but that's why I'm really tuned in to what you guys are doing. And I got to say, I love it. And the more people know about it, the better.
Well, Rock, you gotta, you're going to have to get out here and really experience it, you know, and I, and I challenge all your listeners to do the same because it's one thing to hear about it, but it's, a, it's another thing to experience it. It's, it's almost easier to experience it, to understand it than, than for me to, to sit there and tell you about it. But you're spot on with the eccentric. And not only that, the other big piece to that is if we're talking about injury prevention, th- there's the other gap too, right? We're not just Huge. talking about sports and pr- sports performance, but how important is that eccentric loading with, with, with injury prevention, right? So it's, it's, it's twofold. And that's, and that's kind of where we, we, you know, re- really try to um, demonstrate our, our expertise is not only with the sports performance piece, it's also the injury prevention piece. It's also the recovery piece. It's the nutrition piece. It's the hydration piece. It's again, I said this before, it's the collective. It's being, it's being good at the collective. And, you know, pliability is something that I think acts as the ultimate enabler to things like mobility, things like flexibility, things that people understand a little bit more and the importance to sports performance and, and your ability to, 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 to move well. But at the end of the day, that is what everybody's goal is, right? Everybody's goal is to move well. Now, my definition or my need might be different from yours, Rock, and and, and yours is going to be different from Tom's, and Tom's is going to be different from, you know, my mother's, and my mom's is going to, right? But at the end of the day, we're all trying to move pain-free and move as fluidly and as functionally as we possibly can, right? And it all starts with, with, with our tissue, with our tissue pliability. And, and we at TB12 try to look at things as, as good, better, best. You know, Alex always says, like, if this is good, what's better? And if what's better, if this is better, then what's best, right? And, and we look at best as this right here, right? The, the, the hands-on manual tissue work that allows me the opportunity to really take a good appraisal of a tissue pliability through touch ID and feeling individual muscle fibers and all of those things, right? That's, that's really how you make the, the, the most, most benefit in the, in the most gain. And then, and then running you through our hands-on tissue pliability work, but not everybody's afforded that opportunity. Right. And, and, and certainly not everybody's afforded the opportunity to three times a day, like Tom and Alex's relationships allow them to, allow them to do, you know? So, so we've really worked very hard at trying to um, come up with solutions that, that allow people to work on their self pliability through, you know, um, home rolling or some type of myofascial release work. Yeah. More, more vibrating foam rolling. And and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but um, vibra rolls are fantastic. Fantastic. And we, and we feel the the reason we push the vibrating is because of the nervous system stimulation, allowing some nervous system stimulation, in addition to breaking up the muscle adhesions and and lengthening the tissue is going to, going to allow for more sustainability. So anybody who's foam rolled before understands that, you know, you foam roll and you get, you know, 20, 30 minutes of relief out of it, but then your, your massage gun, that's a completely different story though. Right, and, and, and with, with the vibration, we, we try to expand that. It, it allows a little bit more expansion for the sustainability. So that's why our focus is, 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 is the self-pliability vibrating foam rolling. But also, you know, um, Alex and I might different opinions with this, but I think something is better than nothing. Um, you know, so it, not everybody has access to a vibrating foam roller. Um, any type of soft tissue mobilization um, is, is, is going to be helpful. Yeah. Well, the, the power of touch and, and the reception, receiving touch from another person. It, I mean, there's, there's so many layers to that. It's yeah. not just simply putting your hands on somebody. Like you say, I mean, your hands are, are the best tools and you probably never knew they were until you started working there, which I guess that's the other thing is that the more you work with the hands, the more sensitive they become. And, and the more you can, with a simple touch, begin to understand the, 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 the quality of tissue that you've just touched. So how has that been for you? Not to get off track here, but I'm just curious from a personal standpoint, I mean, your background primarily from what you've just described, athletic training, strength coaching with a whole bunch of teams, and you're not spending a lot of individual time with each athlete. And now you're put into an environment where you're working literally hands-on with individuals, how was that in terms of a learning curve or, 
or landmarks of experiential learning? Like, do you have these keystone moments where you're like, holy cow, I just felt something that I, I never knew that I had the capacity to do? That's a great, that's a great question. And I, I, I think, um, I think for me, I've always felt very comfortable putting my hands on patients, right? And, and from a, from a, a athletic training or a physical therapy standpoint, that is, that is key. Some people are just not comfortable with it, right? And it takes them some time to, 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 to build up to that. I always felt comfortable uh, putting my hands on people. And, and in our profession, it, you know, if you're following the most updated research, it's, it's starting, thankfully, starting to show that manual therapy and therapeutic exercise are oftentimes the best approach when it comes to treatment of, of, of musculoskeletal injuries, right? So um, I had done some manual stuff before working at TB12, joint mobilization, some, some massage when I had no idea what I was doing, that type of stuff. But um, luckily for me, I, I came into a situation where, in my opinion, I, I, I was able to directly learn from the best in the business when it comes to manual therapy Alex Guerrero, right? I came in and, and, and I followed Alex for, you know, a week or so. I, I, I watched him how he did it. He then followed me for a week or so and, and, and allowed me to make mistakes and corrected me here, corrected me there. Um, so I really think that I, I, I really had some, some good hands-on training. Um, and then, you know, Alex is a very hands-on manager too. So, um, you know, he, he allowed me to, to, to kind of make mistakes on my own, correct me as, 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 as he saw appropriate. Um, but, you know, it's all about repetition. You know, the more hours you get on your hands, the more comfortable that you're going you're gonna to feel. I'll tell you, you know, I, I've been doing this for over seven years now, and, and, and uh, I still have opportunities where I'm afforded to watch other, other body coaches, um, you know, run through their treatments. Alex is, is, is still very uh, uh, involved in what we do here. So I, I, I'm still learning. I still learn something every single time I, I, I go into a treatment room and watch somebody else work. So um, I think in our, our practice, if you're not trying to evolve and trying to improve, um, you know, you're a dinosaur and, and it's only a matter of time until you're extinct. So I, I really pride myself on, on trying to do that. Um, but you know, it, 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 it just takes some time, you know, I don't know if there was ever a, a like a, like a holy crap moment where I was like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of really getting good at this. Um, it's one of those things that I think over time, you just start looking back on, 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 on some of the, the cases that you have, have had and, and some of the progress that you've made. And when comparing that to where I may have been in 2010 or 2012, it's, it's, it's almost not comparable. It, it, it yeah. really yeah. isn't, you know? It's a different world. You know, I, uh, just side story along the same lines. In 2014, in fact, I, I connected with uh, some mentors of mine, which was basically all about biomechanics uh, and understanding what every articulation in, in the body does through three-dimensional space during the entire gait cycle. And they mapped it out. And, uh, and I've been under their tutelage ever since for seven going on eight years. But one particular time we're in New York and, and we're doing foot mobilization. So you got you know 26 bones, 33 joints. They all move in certain patterns and ways. And I've got this big moke of a guy with his foot. He was like Bob Lanier size. And I stand barely over five feet. So this thing, I feel like Fred Flintstone with a big stake in my hands. And I'm, and, and I'm being shown how to do this. And for me, I'm a gym guy that has very limited hands-on experience, except for helping somebody with a barbell. And then at that moment, I realized that, man, I need to do more of this because there's, as soon as we can get this part of the body to respond better and move with the least amount of restriction, it's going to have an amazing chain reaction all the way up. And so I, I had a goal that I'm going to get 1,000 feet in my hands by the end of the year. And that was in June. So I had about six months to mobilize or assess, however you want to call it. And the personal training world, it's not supposed to be hands-on. So we'll say assess. 
And uh, and I got to, I think it was middle of January when I hit a thousand feet. And that was just to get an idea of how to do it and how to feel it and how to move it. And here we are seven years later, where I was there, like you say, compared to where you are now, after doing thousands and thousands of feet, now the subtleties, I'm sure you feel it. You're not trying to force things or or really dig in. Sometimes it just takes a gentle touch and not a, a bulldozer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 funny to think that uh, you know, a lot of the times with manual therapy, um, some people can think less, or excuse me, more is 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 the goal. But a lot of the times, less is more. You know, and and depending on your clientele, um, you, you really kind of need need to to read read the room, right? You need to, you need to read kind of their tolerance for it. You need, you need to read their experience with it. I think one of the biggest misconceptions of TB12 is, is, is people think that the only clients we see are Gronk and Edelman, right? Like we see that we see the professionals of the world and, and that couldn't be any farther from the truth. You know, we've got, we've got clients as young as five years old that come here and as old as 70, you know, um, the client that I worked with before this, uh, you know, collegiate, collegiate, um, women's soccer player just won a national championship, by the way, congratulations to my girl, G Mitch, shout out to her. Um, but we see, we see, um, we see, uh, weekend warriors. We see moms that, you know, again, want to, want to play tennis on the weekend. I think one of the, 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 the only thing that these clients, uh, have in common is, is they want to get better and they live an active lifestyle, you know, now, whatever that definition of active is, um, is different from everybody. I always tell this story that I had a client who came in with a double knee replacement that, that we were working on. And one of the biggest things that we focus on in our initial evaluations are what are your goals? Why are you coming to TB12? Explain to me why you're here. Let's talk about your short-term goals. And then let's talk about your long-term goals. And that's, let's you and I, sit down and put together a plan to make those goals achievable. And, and he said to me, he said, James, you know, he was in his fifties. He said, you know, I, I, I triathlete, triathlete, um, Ironman, you know, all of the, all, all of this stuff. And he's like, you know, my, my wife likes to walk. She likes to go for walks after dinner, James. And, you know, sometimes it's a mile, sometimes it's five miles. He goes, he goes, I love my wife. I don't know how many more years I'm going to have on this earth. He goes, I want to walk with my wife after dinner. You know, that's, that's all, that's what his goal was. You know, he, he didn't want to win a national championship. He didn't want to compete in another Ironman, right? Like he just wanted to walk with his, with his, with his wife. And for me, um, helping him achieve that goal is just as, as, as gratifying as helping Gianna achieve her goal or, or, um, you know, or, or any one of our clients achieve it. So, so, uh, you know, for those of you who are listening out there that, you know, wonder if TB12 is for you, I, I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you, if, if you want to get better, it's for you. If you want to move better and, and you want to live an active lifestyle, then, then it's for you. And the other thing that I get a sense of is that the goal here, like you say, is to move well. And, and the training, the, the conditioning, the soft tissue, the nutrition is all geared to people leaving outside your facility and exploring life to its fullest and moving. Your, your goal is not to tear down the body, to trash it. So when they leave there, they've got this adrenaline endorphin rush that says, oh, I can barely move. I'm ready to throw up. And all I want to do is lay on the couch. But man, that must be good for me. Like that's that's we've got that in the industry, right? And yeah. and we need to shatter that kind of thought process and reality that conditioning and training is there to inspire more movement and better performance. Would you agree? Absolutely, a hundred percent, Rock. I couldn't I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that um, we we talk about TB twelve as a lifestyle because. There's only so much that we're going to be able to accomplish in, in, our, in our hour or our hour and a half session, right? A lot of this is, is, is on the client or the, or, or the patient themselves. And, and one of the things that we, I think we do a really good job at is the accountability of it, right? In, 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 in holding our clients accountable. Um, our goal is to always, every time a client walks into our building, they walk out feeling better than the time they came in, right? And 
when you string those together, um, eventually you can get somebody to a place where they're a hundred percent pain-free in, in, in what it is that they want to do. And then once you get them there, all right, what's our next challenge? What's our next challenge? But, you know, I, 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 I hate to think that when people think of manual therapy or, or soft tissue mobilization, that they, that they look at it as, as breaking down tissue negatively, right? Sometimes you have to you break things down to build them back up. Um, and I'll be the first to tell you um, who's laid on a table with Alex working on me. It's not always uh, pleasant, but when I get off that table, I always feel a million, a million times better, you know, and you touched on the, and you touched on the nutrition, nutrition. Um, and I'd like to get into that a little bit, but before that is the hydration piece rock. And, and, and for me, you know, one of the things that I think is the most undervalued and underappreciated component to not only, not only, um, you know, injury rehabilitation, but also sports performance is the hydration piece. And I don't know about you, but I don't think our in industry does a good enough job at, at, at you know, exposing that, right? No, and, and if anything, they just tell you to drink so much water. But in truth, that's not necessarily the answer either, because you can have somebody that drinks a ton of water, and yet still, they're not truly hydrated. That water is not infiltrating into the tissue. So there needs to be other things, obviously. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. 100%. You know, we, we always, our, our rule of thumb or our baseline here for our clients is, is we like them to get to a place where they can consume half their body weight in fluid ounces as a baseline, right? So you may not need as much as me. I'm a little, you know, I'm 200 pounds. My baseline is, is 100 fluid ounces. So my goal is at a minimum, I, I, I want to try to get it in 100 fluid ounces now on days that I'm more active, it, it makes more sense for me to get a little bit more than that in there. Right. And then the other piece to this too is, is, um, you know, electrolyte and trace mineral supplementation, right? Like is water, depending upon what my activity is and, and, and kind of what my, uh, activity level has been for that day is water just simply enough. Is this something that I need to look into supplementing some type of electrolyte or, um, you know, trace mil minerals in the, in the, in the, uh, the hydration that I'm getting in. And then the last piece to that is what else outside of, of water am I consuming, right? It, uh, is there anything that's, that's dehydrating in, am I ex consuming an excessive amount of caffeine? Am I, you know, am I taking in a bunch of sugar through sodas or, or energy drinks, or um, even some of the sports drinks, a lot of the sports drinks, right? Like, yeah, what else yeah. am I consuming? So again, you need to sit down and you need to look at your entire global um, fluid intake and, and, and make the best plan based off of, off of what that looks like. Yeah. And, and, you know, if we can do that appropriately, one, you're going to increase your tissue pliability. You, you cannot have a pliable tissue if it is dehydrated. Right. And, and I use the elastic band analogy. Right. You, you take a new elastic band and it's nice and, and rubbery and, and, and comes back to its original length. You put that elastic band out in the sun for an hour or two. You're going to have much, much different results. But we're also talking about, um, you know, increase, increase uh, muscle fiber recruitment. We're talking about increased uh, nerve conduction velocity, all of these things that hydration plays plays a role in. So it's not just injury prevention, but it's also sports performance. And that's one of the ways I try to get my younger athletes that kind of, when I tell them to drink more water, they're like, yeah, whatever. Geez. Um, it's not, I'm, I'm young, I'm Superman, I'm invincible type of thing. Yeah. Um, if you want to improve your performance, hydration helps with that as well. So James, I'm curious, like we've been talking a lot about soft tissue and, and uh, then I can only imagine that by having someone on a table or by understanding what the quality of their tissue like, that, that must give you kind of a, a guide or a map in regards to helping to create a, say, a strength conditioning program. Like, for instance, not to talk too much about what we do here, but uh, we look at what an individual's resting posture is when they're standing to give us an understanding of joint positions. And once we know that, that tells us muscle length relationships based on where they are. And then we put them through some dynamic movements that relate to the gait 
pattern and find out what's missing. And that is what really is our barometer, our compass needle to say, okay, they need this on their left upper body compared to their right upper body. This is where they need this on the, the left side of the pelvis, the right side of the pelvis. So we're gonna do soft tissue based on that. Here are your target zones. Here's where we need to mo do some mobilization in the terms of the joints. And these are the patterns I wanna start to load, especially eccentrically in, so we can draw the body back into a more balanced state. So the question for you is, how do you use like the tools that you have to develop the programs for each individual when it comes to like resistance and, and, and speed, agility, quickness, and all that. Yeah. G great point. Um, and, and the, the, the way that you guys would, would utilize it in an observation standpoint, or one of the ways you utilize it with an observation standpoint is we, we utilize, um, what, what I mentioned, our touch ID and, and assessing tissue density. So, okay. When we sit down and we we talk to the client, just by getting their nutritional habits and their hydrational habits, I already have a I already can tell that when I get in there and start doing their pliability appraisal, what I'm gonna find, right? Because it plays such a a large role in 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 their tissue density, right? When you know, so, so, so that's the first piece of it, going through the nutrition and the hydration, getting them on the table and, and, and diving in and kind of looking for specific areas of density. Oftentimes in the generation that we're, we're working with now, um, you see a lot of that in through areas like their, their hip flexors and their glutes, right? Because we're all sitting like you and I are right now at a computer, staring into a screen, hip flexors are shortened, glutes are in, inhibited, right? So, so I, you know, I jump in there, I, you know, I'm feeling around through that psoas and that thing's just popping off, popping off the chain through my fingers, right? So I immediately know that I want to focus my energy more on posterior chain facilitation with functional hip extension versus grinding them through, uh, you know, functional hip flexion when, when, when they're already, they're already sitting in functional hip flexion for, for God knows how many hours a day, right? So that's why it's really important that, that, that each individual session is, is exactly that. It's individualized because everybody is going to be a little bit different. So when you take into consideration their, their nutritional and hydrational habits, what their pliability appraisal you're finding, and, and you know, there are other things that we'll, we'll you know, find. It, you, know, you could have some Achilles density. You could have uh, popliteus. Um, and a lot of that's going to be based off of what, what do they do for a job? What is, the, what is their, um, what are they, what is their nine to five? What are they doing for eight hours a day? Is this person a, a college athlete? You know, they're sitting in class. Is this person a, a computer programmer? They're, they're sitting in front of a computer all day. What are their short-term goals? What are their long-term goals? You know, and then one of, one, one of the things that I love to do is after we take all that information is we get them out on the turf and we move them around a little bit, not, not training them. But like you had mentioned, it's more of an observation. Functional movement assessment is, is what we call it here. Basic movement patterns that we look to identify joint range of motion, asymmetry, functional core stability, big difference between core strength and functional core strength. Functional core uh, uh, stability is what we're looking for. And then lastly, for me, I'm always looking at dynamic hip stability. I work with a lot of our younger uh, athletes and um, anybody who's familiar with, with, with that uh, demographic injury prevention is a big piece, dynamic hip stability being, being a big piece of that. So, so that's kind of what I look for. We then take, we also run them through a walking and an objective walking and running gait analysis. Uh, and, and if it deems appropriately, a, 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 a unilateral jumping analysis to, to check for power efficiency and stability asymmetries. We take all of that information rock, then we go back in the room and we present it to them. Based off of what I've, what I've found with you, all of this information that we've gathered over the you know, last 45 minutes, this is what I think are our areas of focus. This is where I think we need to focus specifically with the tissue pliability portion to start. After you know, we, we talk about that, then we can get into what is the functional strength and conditioning piece that is going to um, really uh, accentuate or complement 
um, the, the, the improvements that we've made through our manual therapy in the treatment room. We'd go out on the turf, we'd run them through those, um, you know, and then we put them on a, a, a self-care plan. What does that look like? Well, obviously vibrating foam rolling, home exercise program, nutrition program, avoid this. We're not making, we don't have registered uh, uh, dietitians or nutritionists on staff. So we're not making individualized meal plans for them, but we're avoiding this. We're taking in more of this. We're looking at this and the same thing with their hydration. <laughs> we send them home with that and uh, a follow-up appointment date and, and, and we go from there. Yeah, that's fabulous. And, and what really warms my heart and for the, the young strength coaches happen to be listening to this episode is that at no point in time, James, did you mention one RM or RM testing? Let's get them into it. Because if they're coming in and their structure is slightly askew, they've got density in their tissue here and there, and that, that dense tissue is, is not as pliable, it's not gonna respond to joint action as readily as you would like it to, Loading the body just to find out how much gross force production it can exhibit is not really going to be the way to get an athlete to their optimal level of performance. We want joints functioning in three-dimensional space with the least amount of restriction. And to do that, you're going to need that tissue to respond in kind. And that's three-dimensional space. The other thing that I love you talking about is core strength versus functional core strength. And I think that in our industry, we have so much focus. I would say 80% of the focus is all about bracing, all about just, can I create a, a tree-like structure? And if that were the case in athletic pursuits and we had to continually brace, our spine would be a straight bone. It wouldn't be segmental, right? We, we are meant to move in three-dimensional space with dynamic stability. So that's that's a key right there too. So I love you bring that up. But the thing that I got to question you about is something you just said. It's like you're you're taking the whole approach and you're you're looking at nutrition and hydration and you've got these body coaches and and people that are coming in that are athletic trainers, physical therapists and the like, massage therapists and so on. But you don't have nutritionists on staff. Why yeah. is that? Why? Well, you know, it's we we once had one, unfortunately, uh, you know, the pandemic hit and, and it, it just uh, logistically didn't make sense for us to, to, to keep them on staff at the time. Um, I think it may be something that, that we get back to. Now, my master's degree is in applied nutrition with a concentration in sport and performance. And oh. what we try to do is we try to hire individuals that have, are multifaceted. I'm an athletic trainer. I'm also a certified strength and condition, conditioning specialist with a with the uh, master's in nutrition. Dave is a, a doctor of physical therapy as well as a uh, certified athletic trainer, right? So we're, we're trying to hire people that, that are as well-rounded as possible. Um, and though I do think that it's important that people, that people focus on their nutrition, based off of what our method entails, we, we focus on the 80-20 rule, right? So what that means is 80, 80 percent uh plant-based 20 percent more more meats eat the rainbow right that the more colorful your plate is the more healthy it's going to be um we can give spe specified recommendations things like that um but when it comes to diet plans um meal planning things like that that's something that right now uh is more of a referral thing for us i got you yeah. now when it comes to compliance and your clients the the professional athletes and those aspiring to be the top level athletes i could see being the most compliant because that's their career that's their livelihood and that's a direct relation to their income compared to the, the soccer moms or the the man who wants to just get out and walk with his wife it doesn't negate or diminish their goals by any stretch comparing one to another but do you notice a difference in compliance amongst the the professional or competitive athletes and those that are not? Yeah. So that's a good question. And I think you're always going to get, you know, people who are going to be non-compliant or not as compliant, right? That's just, so what do you do about them? Cause yeah. I'm really curious, how do you motivate those? Yeah. So it's, it's, I think at the end of the day, you have to take the individual, you have to take their goals and you have to be very transparent with them. 
right? And for me, one of the ways that I, I, I talk to my, my athletes, younger athletes who are a little bit non-compliant is, is, you know, I just, eventually your talent is only going to get you so far, right? It's going to get you to a level that everybody is just as talented as you are. Right now, whether that level is the division one level, whether that level is the professional level, whatever your God given abilities are going to get you to eventually you are going to peak and everybody else at that level is going to be just as high as you. Now, it might not be high school in high school football in Massachusetts. Right. Like it it, it might be, you know, you get a a division one. Eventually you're going to hit that level. What is going to separate you from everybody else? is all the extra that you are willing to do. It is the nutrition, it is the hydration, it is the recovery, it is the studying, it is all of those other things that are gonna make those gaps. And, 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 and what I try to make, get them to understand is at that level, those gaps are tiny. So you are looking for every advantage that, that you can get. I think one of the unique things about TD12, and, and I will say that the majority of our clients are compliant, um, is, and I mentioned this before, I feel like everybody who comes to TB12 genuinely wants to get better. You know, I've worked in physical therapy centers, your, your cookie cutter physical therapy facility, that it's the same treatment for every client. And you have people who are coming in who may be, uh, you know, maybe they have a, a motor vehicle claim, you know, in the works, or maybe they have workman's comp in the works, something like that, where they don't want to get better. And if I'm being honest, I call those people energy suckers rock because they come in and I'm, I'm giving them everything I got. My energy's there. I'm like, how do we feel today? Like, let's go. And they're like, Oh, it's an 11. It's an 11 out of 10, man. Like, and you know, our clients, you know, we don't build third-party reimbursement here at TV 12. It's, it's an out-of-pocket experience for them. And I think making that level of commitment, I think they all want to get better. They're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to improve their lifestyle. So, you know, the majority of them come with their own sense of motivation. And I think, I think the biggest thing that, that, that we have up our sleeve when it comes to compliance and motivation is, I mentioned it earlier, is the relationship that you develop with your clients and the accountability. It's the accountability. It's the over communication that, that, that I do with my clients. It's the texts, it's the phone calls, it's the emails. It's, it's, it's being very involved in their, their day-to-day lives, their day-to-day goals, their, you know, Hey, did you do this today? Hey, how did this turn out? You know, I think, I think sometimes, at least in my experience, whether that is, you know, being overloaded, um, with, with your total number of clients, similar to, you know, kind of how I felt at MIT a little bit, um, or some of the things that I've seen at, at other practices where, you know, it was more of the get them in, you know, get them, get them out and get the next, right. It's, it's, it's more of that turn them and burn them type of thing. Um, that, you, you know, you just don't, you don't, you don't get that in, in, in a lot of, a lot of the places. I think it's unique. I think it's important to do. And, and, and I think, you know, it's not, like I said before, it's not rocket science, but you know, that's, that's how we get it done, man. Relationships and accountability. Fantastic. So now you guys have expanded obviously in some time and not only the Foxborough facility. Now there's a campus in Florida. I think there's one in New York. Is that is that correct? You got? Do you have more? Uh, so we've got the we've got Foxborough, we've got Boston, right? So there's a facility on Boylston Street in Boston, six ninety nine Boston. That was our second location opened right before the pandemic hit. It was August twenty nineteen. Then when Tom made his move to um, to Tampa, we opened up a facility down there in Tampa. Right, I was actually just there at the end of the year uh, in December to visit for the first time and. Uh, it's right by the stadium. I'm not 100% sure. Um, North Armenia Avenue, perhaps, is where it is. Um, that's, I think that sounds about right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit smaller of a facility where it's around 2,000 to 2,500 square feet versus our Boston facility, which is 10,000, and our Foxborough facility, which is 7,000. 
We've got four body coaches right now in New York. We don't have a brick and mortar location in New York yet. We've actually, I believe, just solidified a spot on Broadway, South Broadway, I believe. So we're going to be starting to renovate that, put our body coaches in there. Right now, um, we've got them uh, at, at uh, four individual locations based off of some relationships that we have um, with local gyms in that area. Uh, and we've got multiple things in the works. You know, we've got um, two separate locations that should be going up in, um, in more Southern Florida relatively soon. Uh, we're talking uh, beginning Q1 of 2021, uh, 2022. Uh, New York is, you know, obviously we gotta, we gotta build that out. That's, you know, 20, early 2022 as well. We're looking at locations, uh, you know, possibly in Miami, possibly in, in, in Houston, maybe the West Coast. Um, there's a variety of different partnerships that we're looking into uh, with, with, you know, some, some local academies as well as, um, you know, some local hospitals. Uh, so so there's, there's, uh, it's a really uh, exciting time to be a part of TV12. And I think at the end of the day, Tom and Alex's goal is to have TV12 readily accessible to everybody in the continental United States in one way, one way or another, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Santa Cruz is close to San Mateo, uh, <laughs> you know, and I do have a place now, yeah. now just all, all fun aside, James, this has been great. I mean, you've given me a whole bunch of your time, your expertise and experience. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, I think we could go for another hour because I'd love to dive deeper into nutrition. And we didn't even touch upon the spiritual aspect. Uh, maybe, you know, if you're open to it, I'd have you come back on another time where we can kind of dig deep into that too. I'd love to, man. And if you're open to it, next time you're out visiting, uh, you know, family in the Northeast, I'd love for you to come on into TB12, be my guest and experience it um, firsthand because, you know, I, I do the best I can to explain it. Um, I, I don't think anybody does as good of a job as Alex does, but, um, you know, it's, it's a whole nother experience to, to, to come in and actually, um, you know, experience the method from start, start to finish. So we'd love to have you in, yeah. happy to jump on with you again in the future, man. This has been, this has been great. So thank you. We'll make it both happen. I appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap for another episode of the Zealous Podcast. Uh, James Castrello, what a guest. Definitely going to go check out TB12 facility. If not just being a New England Patriots diehard, sure would be nice to find out what they're doing. And you should look him up as well as take him up on his invitation to go in and check it out if you're in the area. Tune in next week when we have another remarkable guest on the Zealous Podcast. In the meantime, tell your friends about us and be sure to subscribe. Have a great week.